Hello and welcome again to Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Native American artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bears, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of CANA, the Native American programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Native American communities from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Jennifer White. Jennifer is a painter and owner of Pulse Pilgrim Gallery in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Jennifer, or Jay White, as she's known in the art community, grew up in Yankton, South Dakota, and like many Native Americans, had to find her own personal identity between the Native and the non-Native communities. And through this experience, she's carved out her own space, created her own opportunities, and is the definition of cool for all those who know Jay White. And that's what makes her so interesting. Jennifer has a resiliency in her that is not just both strong and powerful, but allows her humor and her good-natured way to shine through. And she's a light worth moving towards. And that's true for everyone that knows her. So, let's jump into this interview with Jennifer White. Jen, thank you so much for, for joining us here on the program. Um, yeah, the, the first question is, can you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, who you are, and where you're from? My name is Jennifer White. I go as Jay White professionally. Um, I'm an Arikara girl. My grandparents are out of North Dakota. My mother was adopted. I don't know where her family came from, but with that being said, she's native as well. Um, and then grew up in Yankton, South Dakota, then moved up here to Sioux Falls, jumped around the Midwest for a little while and ended up back here in Sioux Falls. I love it here. I love South Dakota. I'm going to die here. So the Sioux Falls, because I know we first met uh, a couple of years ago uh, at the Oscar House of Art Institute. That was a and few years ago, Joe. It wasn't that much. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be polite to yourself. It was a few years ago. <laughs> oh, when we, when we start putting when we start putting numbers on things now at this age. <laughs> I do, goddamn it! I made it through them. Come on. <laughs> ah, true, true. You gotta own it. You gotta own it. <laughs> Yeah. So did, are, are you, um, maybe we'll get to this in a little bit, but I'm just curious, did, are, are you self-taught? Did you go to school? Uh, what, what's your background okay, for, so, for this? Yeah, dig this the most. So uh, by the time I was 18 years old and graduated from high school, going into college, I was pregnant with my second child and it was a big deal for my parents that I go to college and I was there for three years and I was studying English is what I wanted to be. And one day I kind of jumped across the street over to the, uh, the art center there and at the university of South Dakota and loved it. I loved it. I didn't appreciate the atmosphere, that kind of learning, but you know, it's not for everybody. I know it wasn't for me. And then by my third year in college, I had four kids and, I just couldn't keep up. I had to work. I had to make money. I had to be a mom. And my priorities took me to my family. And so, no, I'm not formally educated, but I mean, my life has given me so many opportunities to meet some really, really cool people. And I think that that is my education. It's truly, honestly, old school native learning you're learning from other artists you're asking questions you're figuring it out you're tapping into becoming 
a good enough friend where other artists would trust you with their techniques and actually earn their respect in giving them their words to you. You know what I mean? That's that's the best part is meeting these people and creating lifelong friends. But they're also the best tool that I could ever ask for. They are the best education that I could ever have. No amount of money could put could put enough value on how much I've learned from other artists. And I hold them all dearly to my heart. And if they called me tomorrow and needed help, I'd be right there. I promise you that. Oh, that's awesome. The I spoke with uh, Karen Goulet uh, not too long ago, and her sentiments were, were pretty spot on to what you're saying. Um, she finds value in not solely existing in the studio, you know, that you have to go out and you have to live life and you have to experience things. And that it's not just one path to being an artist, you know? Um, yeah. And she's, she's an incredibly uh, rich person as far as life experience. Um, yeah. So I, I can appreciate your sentiments there. Uh, that being said, who, who are your biggest influences? That's a big question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many. I think in regard to who I am as like a human being and being able to to love and and respect and learn, I'd have to say my my mom and dad. My mom was a workhorse. My dad was a workhorse, but they brought me up with a set of values that you respect your mother and father. And believe me, I didn't when I was young. Like, I was a naughty little kid. But as I get older, all of those things that they said no longer brush over my head. They're they're deeply embedded in my heart and in my soul. And I'm glad that they never gave up on me and allowed me to be me, but helped me make the best decisions for myself and my family. And in regard to the... The professional art world, <laughs> Mr. Dwayne Wilcox. Um, I love, I love Mr. Wilcox. He's incredible. He he has taught me things, not just about art, but about people and about the kind of person that I want to be. And that that's awesome. And then there are people. Like Peter and Mary out of Racing Magpie in Rapid City, are those those guys, they're fighting the good fight and it's uphill and I think it will always be uphill. But it reminds me of that cat that pushes the stone up the mountain forever. It's after a while, it's kind of uh, it's very pleasing to do that kind of work. It's pleasing. It feels good to fight every day for what you know feels right in your heart and native art here in South Dakota, the Dakota specifically, you know, I mean, people always say, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. That's not true, man. If you can make it here in South Dakota as a professional artist, you're doing all right, man. You'll be fine anywhere you go. And I think, I think the people who have influenced me the most are the fighters, the quiet fighters. And that's very native. You know what I'm saying? Like, no attention. I don't want all the spotlight on me, but they are by far the loudest, biggest voices 
I've ever heard in my whole life. And I'm, I'm happy to follow. You know, uh, you're, you're mentioning uh, Peter and uh, Dwayne, you know, the, I think the, the work that they put in, um, and it was something that uh, I had observed also with uh, John Day at USD. Um, it was a matter of being sort of a, a servant leader in a sense, you know, you're, you work, you work for everyone else and you promote everyone else. Absolutely. And, uh, Peter embodies that. And I, I so respect him for the work that he does and the manner in which he does it. Um, yeah. Uh, such a hardworking guy. Um, oh, Don Monolo. Man, Don. that guy, that guy, that guy for real. Like he has been one win. We all win since the day I've met him. Mm -hmm. um, there's that old expression, the crabs in the bucket, man. No way. Not that guy. Nope. That guy, he'll give everybody their own bucket. Like, go ahead and climb. <laughs> he's he's fabulous. I love him, and I think that 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 guy doesn't get enough props here in this in this arena. And he's oh. without him at some of the shows here recently, uh, due to health or retirement. You know, he's an old man. Did you hear that, Don? You're old. <laughs> anyway, anyway, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> miss him like that presence is is absolutely needed and i think with this covid stuff going on right now i think so many people are realizing um the lack of uh, paying respect to our elders has become uh people not taking care of our elderly people i i think that that is a crying shame they are our weakest in in the whole nation, the most vulnerable. And uh, some people have allowed them to fall through the cracks and, and uh, that's a shame. But I'm trying really hard to, to listen and do what's right and what I've been taught and what I continue to learn from other people. I'm so glad that you, uh, you're able to uh, be around Don and work with Don over the years. Um, I love we, had, we had him on the podcast uh, a little while back, and I was just buzzing all day for days after that interview with him. Yeah, he's someone I cannot talk to enough, and I don't. Yeah. You know, um, It's a shame because I'm way up here in Fargo. He's out there in Rapid City. Uh, just I don't get out there as much as I want to. But when I do pass through town, though, I make sure that I swing by – um, the uh, prairie, prairie, prairie Edge? Prairie Edge. Yep, Prairie yep. Edge. You and bet. I, he's, as soon as I walk into that door, I go straight up to where he's at, you know, make sure he's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah. don't think you could drag him out of there. That guy, he's funny. I oh, like yeah. him. Oh, yeah. I love him. <laughs> you bet. So how have you developed your career? Um, you know, after, oh, after you left shit. school? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a very big question as well. I So I've always loved to draw and paint and you know it was it was never anything that I thought had value. Uh we in our household at growing up um in White Town like we had the same painting on our wall for I don't know 12 years it just wasn't a value that we had I think I think my parents were too busy making a living uh, 
and their idea of of art was just non-existent really and I don't mean that in like a negative way I think it's a pretty normal thing I don't think people um, really know how to value art if it's not taught to you and so with that being said I always messed around with art I loved it I loved to paint and then when I started having way more children so I have six total and then to get away from being a mom and a wife and you know a maid all that stuff a worker I just I went in and started painting late at night and be up until three o'clock in the morning drinking coffee and smoking cigs and listening to music and painting and one day I realized you know I I think these are I think these are good I don't know I don't know why I knew they were good. They felt good. I love art. I love looking at art, but they felt good to me. And I, I kind of, it, it changed the way I feel, I felt about myself with my art. Um, it helped me become confident as a human being that I was able to create something of value, not for anybody else, but for me, and I know that's selfish, but I'm an artist. I can be that way. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that that, what became a way to kind of cope and deal. Okay. To become a lifestyle, really. Yeah. My my art is my life, and I'm I'm grateful to my kids for allowing me to be the crazy woman I am. I appreciate it. Oh, and my husband too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I shouldn't forget that guy. <laughs> a lot of credit goes to David for sure. Oh yeah, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, side note here: uh, two of your children um, have, and, and maybe more, but I, I've met two two of your daughters. And they were at the, the Oscar Howsam Art Institute last summer. Yes. I'm so proud of that. You have no idea. I cried my eyes out. Corey down there, props to you, bro. I love you. Uh, no, that was awesome. I, the legacy of having them go to that, it just it filled my heart like a balloon. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was it was so great seeing them. And I know Danielle Duchesne, her daughter was there as well. And um Daniel was uh she was a student at that program, I think after you. Uh but that year it was the first time I had seen a second generation of students come through that program. And that just made my heart swell, you know. Yeah. Uh seeing that. This I love is, it. Oh, it makes me want to cry right now, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. It's so cool. Are are they looking at uh, art school or are they uh, going their yeah, own my, path? Oh yeah, my daughter Taylor, she wants to go into the culinary arts, and I don't oh, know. That's awesome. it, I know it's so hard because I want to, as an artist, you just kind of want to help and mold and maneuver, but they're their own people, and sometimes the more you push, the the other way they go. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but no, I'm excited for Taylor. Yeah, she didn't go to college right away. It took her a little while to kind of 
figure out what she really wanted to do. She had, she had a sense as a young woman of what she was passionate about. But then I think she got to live life and pay bills and realized, I would like to do something else. But it's still in the creative field. And that makes my heart happy, too. And then my daughter, Emma Rose, she, um, she's going to be going to Philadelphia Institute of Art. Um, wow. Yeah, she's, she's doing really well, too. I, I'm proud of them both. And God, don't ask me about my boys. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't even, woofda. <laughs> well, I think that's they're wild. They're young yet. Give them a break, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the purpose of boys, though, is to stress oh, their moms out for a long time. Dude, I, they're doing a great job of it. I tell you what. <laughs> I've earned every gray hair on my head, though. I tell you what. I don't believe you have gray hair yet. I don't oh, believe that. Shit. I do. <laughs> you bet your booty. Earn them all. <laughs> So, okay. So, you know, uh, kids are, are moving out, you know, you've got uh, post pilgrim. Yes. How, how is my last baby, man? Yeah. 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 I love seeing uh, your social media posts from there. You know, I mean, you're, you're on it, you're doing it and it makes me so happy. So opportunities have opportunities. How, how have you seeked opportunities? Um, have they changed before and after you got the gallery going? Um, wow. Can you talk a little bit about that? So I knew my art was good, but I think the trick is for all of you cats out there that are trying to get into the field and like, where do I start? What do I do? I believe it first and foremost, you need to ask. And what's wrong with asking? If you are an artist and you live in a small town, and there's no galleries, but you have a collection that you are proud of, you need to find an arena in which you can show your artwork, whether it be the cafe downtown, your local church, a bar, figure it out. And ask questions like, hey, is it okay if I have an art show here? You're going to blow people's minds. They're going to be like, what? Really? Like, yeah, I, I need to especially now during COVID, we as artists, we need to figure out how to create markets, not just for ourselves, but for our communities, getting people involved. And I think I've done that. I did that in the very beginning. I, it was a hustle. Going around to all the galleries in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and being told, no, that sucks. But coming, coming to Last Stop CD shop and asking, hey, man, can I have an art show here? And yes, yes, you can. And that has snowballed into Post Pilgrim Art Gallery. And it seems, it seems so hard because once you get a taste of, of how good that feels to, to create something like an art show and be treated like an artist and get paid for your work. I mean, that feeling, I mean, it's better than drugs, man. You can't get rid of it. It's a high. I'm, I love chasing it. I love chasing it, but those opportunities, they don't, nobody's going to give them to you. That's the other part about, you can be the greatest artist in the whole wide world, but if you're not willing to work and talk and be proud of who you are and what you've created, nobody's going to care, man. Nobody's going to care. And I, I, I can't say it enough. 
I see so many artists, emerging artists that come into the gallery and I, I'll, they're like, I'd love to have a show here. Show me your three best pieces. And the, there's no, there's nothing. It's like, what? If you don't value your work as an artist, how can other people do it? And I think the, the part of me was, I valued what I did because it was time. It was time away from my family. It was me not working at a quote unquote normal job. I took it very seriously. My time means something and I value it. I value my work. And I think young artists and emerging artists, even some established artists don't value themselves enough. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. This is bringing in other conversations I've had with people. Um, you're touching on some really good stuff. But yeah, um, one thing I've learned is is you're, no one can work harder for yourself than you. True. Um, you know, um, if you, I mean, people will help you. People will step up and, and step in for you. But the minute that you, they're working harder for you, you're going to lose them. Exactly. Yeah. Truth. Oh, that is a gem. You should write that down or put it on a <laughs> pillow. I don't know. Maybe a t-shirt. We'll, we'll record it sometime. <laughs> so i guess you know that that brings us to uh uh, this last of the five questions is what would you want to say to an 18 year old or someone just starting out in this field be brave be confident try to try to make money as an artist don't be romantic in the way that art isn't about money. I'm sorry, but it is. If you if you want to be an artist and you want to make a living at it, you need to take an accounting class. You need to learn how to file taxes. You need to take even an advertising class. You, you are in charge of your own success but go in with eyes wide open go in with the expectation of making money and spending money and learning how to balance that out and when you're when you're marking your work for sale think about these things take how much your rent is take how much you you pay for food think about what you spend on dining out think about how much gas you put in your car. You take all of those things and you you find a solid number and then you look at the amount of pieces you have and figure out, okay, I need to sell, if I sell four pieces at this amount of money, I'll be good for the month. And these are real things. They're very practical things that art schools don't, don't teach you and they should. So you teach yourself, you teach yourself how to create your worth. And the best part about it is if you're true to yourself, if you work hard and be disciplined, work every day, work when you don't want to work, work when you don't have to work. And I'm talking about painting, drawing, anything you decide, throwing pots, whatever it is that you do, you need to work and you need to be disciplined. It's, there's no other way you're going to get better. And some people are very funny. They say artists don't get better. 
like, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Whoever says that isn't an artist. They just get to watch us do the work and tell mm -hmm. us what we did wrong. That irritates me. Mm -hmm. And remember that. People are going to tell you your business all the time. They're going to say, oh, this is great. It would look better if it were blue. You paint it, man. You paint it. And don't volunteer your work. Don't donate your artwork for free. When people like your work, it has value automatically. And if they're going to auction it off, you ask for 50% of the proceeds of the auction. And the word exposure, stay away from it. People die from that, literally. Exposure. You don't need exposure. What you need is money, a way to create money to buy more art supplies, to become self-sufficient, and that is one way to do it. Do not give away your artwork. You're hurting the entire art market when you do that. Do not do that. It's, it's devalues you, it devalues your work. And people who have the money for artwork, don't worry about it. They're going to be fine. You need to put yourself in the mindset as a businessman or woman, business person. And that is my advice to you. If you're 18 and you want to get started, be ready to do business. Be ready to be good at what you do, the best at what you do. But have your, have your left brain on cue at all times. Every place you go is an opportunity to sell your work. Every place you go is an opportunity to show someone your work. And don't be afraid of the word no. If you ask for something and you don't get it, you're no worse off than when you started. Don't be afraid of the word no. It happens all the time. And apply for shows. All of them. Any of them. And don't be afraid of the word no. Because sometimes they say yes. And that's, that's the win. That feels the best. Is that okay? That is amazing. I loved it. People die from exposure. That is gold right there. It's true, uh, man. Oh, I, I, all the time, I'm, um, as a storyboard artist, uh, I'm in a community of other storyboard artists. And uh, a lot of times people will come to you with their projects and they say, ah, we can't pay you, but you know, this is good exposure. You know, we'll get your work out there. And the answer is no, no, no. You, you pay for the, the trade that you've trained in, you know? Absolutely. You wouldn't go to a dentist and say, hey, you know what? I need your help. I don't have any money, but it's good exposure for you as a dentist. Nobody can, nobody can approach a professional like that. Well, with art, I guess it's okay. No, it's not. We need to change that rhetoric. We need to embody ourselves as professional beings. That's why it's so important to know every aspect of selling, advertising, marketing, all of that. That's why I, I believe it's just as important to teach that left brain aspect as the right. That's um, one of the things when we were setting up this new uh, Northern Plains Summer Art Institute up here um, is we were talking about how in the old program, as great as it was, we, we covered the fundamentals, right? We talked about, you know, how to draw, how to paint, how to throw pots, you know, we, we, we covered all that, but what we never touched base on as far as we could remember. Um, and it's the same thing with art school is we didn't teach the business side of things. Um, and we, what we wanted to do was with these students is to show them how to fill out applications, how to look for money, 
the the other side of the art world that doesn't get talked about in school and or in these programs and so yeah that's uh, one of the lessons learned from the old days is uh, you know how do we expand this so that yeah great you know how to do these things but how do you sell yourself so you're able to continue doing these things and absolutely yep yep no that's great yeah and all you young cats that do get into galleries make sure they're working for you they wouldn't be there without you don't forget that Mm-hmm. And don't let a gallery tell you your business. If they ask you for 50%, say, nah, it's not good enough, man. I, I need to make a living just like you, and I, I care about your overhead, but you wouldn't be here if I weren't here. That is another way of putting value on yourself as an artist and a human being and a business person. Don't be afraid to ask for things. I, I can't tell you enough. It just irritates me when when artists don't take themselves serious, seriously enough to ask for what they deserve, ask for what other people their age and in their fields are getting. It's very important. And the only people that can change that entire scene are we as the artists. Mm-hmm. Yes. I agree. I think it's one of the great things about uh, speaking with people like, like Dwayne or Don or Roger, um, or Roger Brewer, uh, is they have all this wealth of information that they're so willing to share and talk about and their lessons learned. Um, yeah. I think if you're a young person listening to this, reach out to, to, to those individuals, to Jennifer here, uh, to, you know, to other artists who are working right now that if, I think if their, their mind's in the right place or their intentions are in the, in the right place, um, they'll share what they have with you. Uh, obviously the, the ones I've named will, but I mean, your local artists or your friend, artist friends. Um, yeah, I, I, because I think ultimately uh, when one succeeds, we all succeed. Absolutely. Yeah. I concur with that for sure. So this brings us to the end of this episode way too quickly. Um, where, where can people find you? Where can they find your work? So I kind of mess around on Instagram every once in a while. I'm not the coolest. I'm kind of old school. I like Facebook. My Facebook page is where it's at. Like you'll find everything new that I'm working on wherever I might be in the country. Uh, Facebook is uh, Post Pilgrim Gallery J White. And I go as J White on all my applications and everything. Oh, this is for you chicks out there. So I go as J White. So people judge my work before me as a woman and don't pretend like it doesn't happen because it does. Um, men in our field get paid more than women. And I think that's an atrocity considering the value of us as native women is equal to that of a man, but be ready for that as native female, native artists to get that sexism and that cynicism and the objectification of you as a woman. Um, anyway, back to where you can find me. (laughs) Sorry I love it. That. No, Sorry no. about that. It needs, it needs to be said. It, it needs sure to be said. It sure as hell does. I agree. It sure does. But uh, no, Post Pilgrim, uh, Jay White on Facebook is where I'm at. I got my phone number on there. You can reach out to me anytime. Um, during COVID, we've been open by appointment only. Um, we've been trying to do our final Fridays. So first Friday is a big thing here. And whatever, dude. I don't think it's about the art. It's more about people walking around drinking wine and socializing anymore. 
So I'm taking it back and doing Final Friday. Racing Magpie does Final Friday as well. I think it's rad. Uh, I think it's kind of a, a riot way of, of taking back the idea of celebrating and getting to know artists through their work, opposed to making it a, a community affair of people who don't care about art mm. and have no intention of buying your work whatsoever. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and I'm in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm part of Last Stop Studios. Um, yeah. I'm in the lower level, 2121 East 10th Street. It's cool. 2121 East 10th Street. You bet. Jennifer, thank you so much for this. Oh, yeah, Joe, I love you. I love you too. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Heck yeah. And that does it for this episode of Five Plain Questions. I want to thank Jennifer again for her time and sharing her story and perspective with us. It was it was absolutely wonderful. Anytime I get a chance to chat with Jen, um, it's pure joy. And I think that really comes out in this episode. It's always fun talk, talking with her and uh, spending some time with her. So it was great. So thank you for that, Jen. Um, one short programming note is we... You know, we're, we're in the middle of this COVID-19 season or chapter or however you want to phrase it. And if anything, it's, it's challenged um, everything. Uh, it's shut down a lot of things, obviously. And we've been, it's been the great, uh, it's been the great challenge uh, for, for getting anything done. And so, of course, with this podcast, um, we've done every interview remotely uh, through um, uh, a program we call Zencaster. Uh, it's a great service, good audio quality, and they're not a, a sponsor of the show, but it's a just a uh, it's a software tool that we use, and we can't always use it. So sometimes we have to use uh, Zoom, which I think is what we use in this case, and sometimes we just have to go to old phone calls and record the phone calls, and so the audio quality uh, varies uh, from from interview to interview. And so while I apologize for that, it's kind of where we are. And once it's safe again, we can do in-person interviews, which I would love just to be able to sit face-to-face -face with these artists and, and catch up and share those conversations with you. Um, but that being the case, the reason I bring that up also is, uh, as you might have heard, uh, there's a parade of vehicles going by. It seems to be all diesel trucks since we live in Fargo, North Dakota. And what what's going on is, you know, we have to record from our home studio. so. Uh, 11 Warrior Arts, who's the technical producer of the show, uh, we're working right out of the, the home office. Um, and that's just how it is for the time being, which means that we have to listen to uh, you know, diesel trucks and a parade of vehicles. And so it makes recording a little challenging. But you know what? We're making it happen. And we're able to have really great conversations. So yeah. Anyways, uh, that does it for me. Um, I want to thank Jenny again for that great conversation. But more importantly, I want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community. So please join us next week as we speak with another incredible person. I'm Joe Williams. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, you can find me at Kana, that's C-A-N-A-A, -A, Creativity Among Native American Artists on Facebook. And you can find us at our plainsart.org website. And there you can see our programming, our past videos, and these podcasts. And one note for the Plains Art Museum is we've got Deani Whitehawk's She Gives exhibition going on right now. It's new works by uh, famed Deani Whitehawk out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. 
I had the honor of curating this amazing show. So if you're in the Fargo-Moorhead area, or if you're in North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, make your way up here. Come check it out. We are open. Um, we're, we're limited, but we are open. So anyways, uh, with this podcast, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and whatever you listen to other podcast platforms. So take care. See you next week. Stay safe.